How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Emerging Nine Golf Podcast. I am your host, Mike Maroney, alongside Jay Woodson and McLean Boyd. We apologize for the delay this week. You can blame me. We are recording on a Wednesday night. We'll be throwing this out on a Thursday. So my apologies. Might have wanted to watch a little Monday night football game that, that I absolutely regretted Monday night. And then yesterday had a massive migraine that just kept me away from any screens and light and sound. So <laughs> uh, my apologies. We are recording this on a Wednesday night and a little different show. We're going to do a kind of a quick week recap like we typically do here. And then on the back side of this episode, you're going to hear an interview that we just did with Rob Labritz, PGA member, but currently a member of the PGA Tour champions which is weird to say it i always say champions tour but pga tour champions just played here in richmond at ccv at the dominion energy charity classic and fighting for that full card next year so please make sure to stick around after this episode and just kind of listen to our our chat with rob really fun guy to talk to happy just positive guy got a lot of game and hopefully you guys can start following him um out there they got a couple more events this season and then i know he'll be out there full-time next year as well so super super positive i mean and not and not to uh dive too deep into that conversation but one of the cool things was how he kept talking about how he he just kept thinking and visualizing and kind of manifested what he's doing like he just kept telling himself he was going to do it seeing himself do it and here he is that's pretty cool it's a cool it's a cool story especially me being a, a pj professional for someone who grinds all day at the club and for him to keep his game enough sharp enough to then say hey i'm 50 i'm gonna go go to q school win q school get his card it it's it's a pretty awesome story he, you know he's not he the Patrick harrington's the ernie he, l's and he makes it sound easy and it's way not easy <laughs> no he made it sound way easier than it he was like well is. i just i've been playing a lot and i just you know well, hey next he step said is something just, that sat with me it resonated with me big time when he said, yeah, I, I didn't even realize that it was that hard yeah. to get there. He, no one had told him up to that point how that that was the hardest qualifying school to absolutely get through. Yeah. So it, it's that's something I think played to his benefit, because if you if you approach something like it's less less difficult than it really is, you're going to be more successful. You're going to have an easier time getting over that hump with this scenario. He just he just went out there and did it. I mean, yeah. such, such an incredibly cool story. I mean, he's such a great guy. And he, he's fun to watch play golf. I mean, if you guys haven't hadn't seen him out there in terms of listening public, uh, he plays golf with a smile on his face, and, and it's fun to watch. And for any of I I've known Rob's name for years, just in the club pro rank, he's always been one of the best, if not the best, club pros um, in our national championships and played a lot of section things. And so I've known the name and for those foundry folks that may be listening to this, Tyler Reeson, our assistant golf professional just came from his club, Glen Arbor up in Westchester County. So Tyler worked for him now works for me. He took a huge step down in playing ability of his boss, huge step down. I will not be qualifying for the, champions tour anytime soon one i'm still young but two younger <laughs> two i'm not nearly not nearly as good 
as as Rob. So again, quick quick recap show here for the week, and then we'll get you to the the interview, and, and we hope you guys enjoy that. So, but without further ado, what are you guys drinking? I'll jump in if you want me to start. Yep. Right uh, I've got pinkies up. I've got a uh, that we that should be the next hat we get. Pinkies up. Um, but anyway, I've got a George Dickel bottled in bond, thirteen year. It's good. The Dickel's back. The Dickel's back. The Dick. I, okay. I don't I think I was. I think I had the fifteen. The, the Dickel fifteen the last time. But this is oh, okay. super good. All right, they're both really good. Cool. Um, I, mean, I, I remember know. we made a lot of jokes about Dickel, the name. Yeah. But so. Yeah. Laugh, McLean, laugh, laugh. McLean, you're on the road. No microphone, but do you still have your Corona light? Twelve ounces, ninety nine calories. Pure gold, <laughs> Corona light. Love it. <laughs> Love it. We'll never do a show without a Corona light. Microphone's questionable. <laughs> may or may not bring the microphone with him on the road. Recom- recommended, not required. Coors light is. Or excuse me, Corona light is required. <laughs> what do you I got, am- Mikey? I am drinking some horse soldier tonight. Oh, nice. It's uh, delicious. That's all I can say. It's fantastic. If you haven't had it, get it. That's good. Get it. I think it might be top five for me. Really? Might be. It's close. What's number it's close. one? I don't know. I wasn't prepared for that question. It's got to be. You've got, you have a bottle of Weller 12 year? Uh, I got special reserve. Um, and you want you have, I have it? I have the 107. I a couple. I actually have a couple of those antique 107s. God, that's that's cheap. really good. Eh Taylor is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. So, but all right, let's let's get into some golf. Um, what everybody wants to talk about after last weekend, the CJ Cup. Rory makes big news, and Rory says Popeye's chicken sandwich is better than Chick Fil A. McLean, your response. He doesn't get a boat. He's un-American. He doesn't know what good food is. He wasn't raised on good food. <laughs> he, he doesn't know what good food is. He doesn't get a boat. <laughs> You're right. I mean, I, I, there's no, <laughs> there's nothing else you can say. Like, like, sorry, dude. You didn't. You don't eat good food. Like, have this you is- had a burger in Northern Ireland? I have. <laughs> not good. Doesn't get a boat. Doesn't get a boat. Does not qualify. So for our listeners, last week's episode, we had a little tangent like we did. This time was non-golf. McLean and I had a debate, our, our second debate on the merits of Chick-fil-A's food. And I think it's overrated. McLean thinks it's straight from heaven, I guess. It's the best thing you can get out of a window. <laughs> and in your car. So then it came out. So we did the show. Then it came out like a day or two later. Uh, Rory was playing with Tom King, who's a a big, big fan of fast food in America. And he was talking to Tom Kim and saying that Tom likes his favorite is Chick-fil-A. And the quote was from roughly from paraphrasing here from Rory that, oh, well, you got to try Popeye's. It's better than Chick-fil-A. And so I sense you guys as a joke. And then you know what? I, I put on my my Big J journalism hat the other day, and I had never had Popeye's chicken sandwich. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get a Popeye's chicken sandwich. It's better than Chick-fil-A. Hands up. The bun's not even toasted. They're lazy it's, as fuck. The service is No, awful. it's so good. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. 
it's so no, good. It's it's, it's it's thicker, Mary's it's fuller, it's juicier, it's, it's crunchier. You're you're wrong. The, Popeyes no chicken sandwich on the run. It has not been toasted properly. They are lazy. There, <laughs> they do not have set procedures. It is <laughs> consistent across the chain. And at the end of the day, if you're at least going to make a Popeyes argument and you leave out Mardi Gras mustard, it's irrelevant. You don't know. What- <laughs> You, you don't order the right shit. <laughs> okay, this is a guy coming from you, you're on the road like every day of the week for the last eight years or whatever it is. Like, so I don't go to fast food, but I will also say this. Okay, so the only reason I ever go to Chick Fil A is because my daughters like it, and that's what they want. And when they're yeah, good, bro. and I want I want them to shut the fuck up, I go to Chick Fil A. Uh, and so when I got my sandwich, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get a couple. I had the girls home with me. Because they had a professional development day. So I got a couple chicken nuggets. My daughter now says the chicken nuggets are better than Chick-fil-A. And that's all she wants to go to is the Popeyes. So take it up with my eight-year-old. Because it's your daughter, I'm showing massive (laughs) restraint. (laughs) So much restraint right now. Like... (laughs) <laughs> I have too much respect for you and Lindy to go in on that, but it's all good. <laughs> I think I think as a whole, like if you're gonna pick the best fast food restaurant, that's not I mean, I know it's it is fried chicken, but you can also get freaking good ass salads, you can get good fruit. Like I think overall, it is probably the chicken best, noodle soup, mac and cheese, the <laughs> best fast food restaurant that you go to. Are we we're just talking about chicken. If we're just talking about chicken, I think Zaxby's chicken sandwich is the best. But mm. I'm, I'm I oh, would well, say yeah. overall, Chick Fil A. It is. It seems overrated because you eat it a lot because it's been so good. I mean, it's like saying you don't like Nikes because everyone wears them. Well, that, that everyone wears them because they're they're awesome. Yeah, the line's not it is. fucking sucks. <laughs> we have just turned this into a golf slash fast food podcast, and I'm okay with it. And <laughs> I hate the, fast food. The but. one thing I will say, the closest thing to Chick-fil-A that's something different is In-N-Out Burger. The service at In-N-Out Burger matches with the food quality, and it is fantastic. But at In-N-Out Burger, they have legit benefits the way Chick-fil-A does with their employees. They treat their employees right. And that's why they have a better employee and it, there's better service. When you you have, if if yeah. you know the code, you can get some real cool shit on your burger. That's absolutely. You got mustard grilled animal style with animal style fries. <laughs> you got to know the code. You got the mustard grilled with something that turned me on that. I do that shit at home now. <laughs> Tell you right now. Crazy, man. Man. The, the, like I, I technically, I texted you guys, the passion McLean that you speak with, about chick-fil-a and fast food is it's something that i do admire about you i will say that i'm that way about all food i love food i I, food and drink (laughs) like to me and it's so funny because Dory and i uh, my wife we're we're very different humans but she talks she's like our love language is food and and drinking i'm like yeah that's how we got here that's how (laughs) the whole thing but we both love cooking she's a great cook i love cooking we 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 get after it, but yeah, no food and drinking that that's you're talking dirty to me. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't want to get you aroused on this. So I don't want you to go to all Jeffrey Tubin on me on this. Uh, so we'll start here. talking golf. So let's talk golf. <laughs> Rory McElroy wins the CJ cup because Jay Woodson told you it was going to happen last week. Said it. He predicted Rory would win. 
in a very, very strong field. 21 of the top 30 in the world rankings at the CJ Cup at Congaree. He wins, regains number one in the world for his ninth time. Been a 10-year span in between when he first got number one and when he is now number one. So, yeah, what do you, what do you make of it? What do you make of Rory, his game? He's obviously been trending unbelievably well. Yeah. He's Since playing the best. Basically, the, the final round of that Masters in April, he's been playing the best of anyone. It's not even close, really. Even I though mean, I um, I, I'm, I feel like I can speak for almost everybody here. Like, all right, it's about time, Rory. Can you win a goddamn major? Just like, can we win another one? And can it be the Masters? Can we just get this career grand slam uh, in the spring? Just keep it going. Just get it done. Everybody wants you to do it. Even if you don't like the guy, you're probably lying to yourself because you do like him and you want him to win the Masters. Let's just get it done. Come on. That's all I got to say. I kind of feel that's where it's at now with Rory. I mean, so here's – I got a bunch of stats here, but his last 15 worldwide starts, this dates back to uh, Augusta, all right? Finished second. He had a fifth. He had an eighth at the PGA Championship. T18. He won RBC T five at the U S open T 19, a third at the British. He then did miss a cut, but then went T eight win T second, fourth T fourth win. I mean, that's, that's 10 top fives, 12 top tens, three wins in his last 15 events. Hasn't finished outside the uh, top eight in a major it now becomes, all right, you got number one in the world back. You're the face of the PGA Tour. Can you now win a major? That's, yeah. where, that's where it is. Yeah, I agree. I had such a food boner going, and you mentioned McElroy, and it just immediately <laughs> made me sad. Look, I think a lot of this comes down to the fact that you expect Rory to win a lot. You expect him to do better. I mean, even with what he's done, it's which it, is fucking incredible. It's, I don't know. He doesn't excite me. He's a great player. He's unreal. He's a great guy. It, it seems like incredibly level-headed, uh, incredibly good guy. I just don't. He, he is him. a little whiny. He's a little whiny. I just don't get it. I mean. I don't know. I just, I, I, I if. Honestly. I, if I know Rory's in the hunt, I'm not wondering when, where I am. Like, oh, what's going on? I got to turn this on. I need to see this. And, I, and maybe that's a, a, a me issue. But at the end of the day. When it comes down to it, I, I like Rory. I think he's fantastic. I, I really have nothing but admiration and respect for the guy, but he doesn't excite me. I mean, think about it though, Mike. My- Mike, you called the the live tour the douchebag whatever tour. I mean, is the PGA tour have they not become the whiny bitch tour? I mean, everybody on this tour is like a little whiny bitch. Like they just like to complain about everything. And it's like, wah, 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 wah. yeah, because because like, DeShambo, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson, they never whine about anything. I mean, I'm just saying that this is all that's left on the PGA Tour. These guys, all they just like they like to complain about shit. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, it's you look down the yeah, list. So does the left. live guys. All they do is complain about shit too. I mean, but no, we, you they're douchebags. There's a difference. You're, they're douchebags. <laughs> these these guys are just they're not douchebags. They're just whiny. They're just whiny. I mean, that's just what we're that's the that's the competition we have. The little whiny guys and we got the fucking knucklehead douchebags. So like this sounds like a great show. Like I really want to watch and see what this happens. sounds like I can't wait for the Netflix show to come out. <laughs> 
When's that coming out? It's got to be soon. It's got. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to watch that thing awesome. with my pants off. I'm going to tell it's the gonna... wife, like, I'm taking a couple of days off of work. I'm going to go to a hotel. Like, <laughs> don't, don't bother me. me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, gonna be good. yeah, he can, he could be a little whiny, but I, I like again, him. I'm, I'm, I I'm, love, I'm obviously playing devil's advocate here because yeah. I like Rory. I love but Rory. They, they do, they, they do get a little whiny, uh, sometimes, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, that's kind of the way it's gotten to this point where, you're facing off here, you know, they're trying yeah, so to so divisive. Yeah. They're trying to, I mean, and Rory's made some comments that he, you know, I think he, I'm not sure who was interviewing him recently, but he came out and said that he thinks that this whole thing is going a little too far, which I thought that's those comments were a little, uh, late. a little late. <laughs> I feel like, you know, at least on our pod, it's like, you know, this is, we've been talking about this for a while, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's gotten to the point where, uh, I think for I think it sounded like for him, some of the PJ Tour guys playing with some of the live guys. Now it's getting even combative when they're playing together. Like it, it's becoming very divisive when they see each other on a DP Tour event, a DP World Tour event. And it's like now these guys, PJ Tour guys, aren't talking to live guys. And it's like now it's not just hey man, yeah, I understand that you you, know, you don't want to play on the PJ Tour anymore. It's cool, but we're still buddies. But now it's like hey man, I'm not talking to you anymore. Which is that's kind of different. Um, yeah. There's no real tour like that. I mean, all all these guys play together in different tour events, and when they see each other in another event, they all get together. Hey, I've seen you all. Hope you're doing well. But now it sounds like there's really a line drawn in the sand. Yeah, I agree. Let's. I want to go back to Rory's golf first. We'll go back to the kind of the live yeah. comments in a second. But so, like, there's nothing he'll do from here until the Masters that will change my opinion and i've been hard on this podcast about rory even though he's one of my top two or three favorite golfers in the world i love the guy there's there's not much about him that i don't like except for like i've pointed out he hasn't won at the majors since been 2014 since he's won he he's gotta win he's gotta win this is great i love this if you look at his career path in a graph form, which somebody put out on Instagram or Twitter the other day, it it there's these ebbs and flows. It goes up, and we're in a we're in a Rory high, which is awesome. I love the Rory high. Like so, McLean, what you said, like it doesn't do much for you for you when Rory's in contention. I want to watch, and it, I was I was conflicted this this weekend because I want Rory to win pretty much every time he plays, except I had. Jay had Rory. I had Rom. That was going <laughs> to drastically affect the DraftKings rankings. I also put money on Rom to win last week. So my wallet was going to benefit from a Rom victory versus a Rory. But when he's in contention, I watch. I try to make sure I'm in front of a TV. He does give me juice. But now it's like, okay, awesome. You've had a great eight months or whatever the hell it is. Six months. Just get me to April. Nothing matters until then. You need to win and finish this career Grand Slam. Get the monkey off your back from this eight-year drought of majors. And that, that's kind of where I am with Rory's game. It's some masters are bust for me. Yeah. I mean, we were we were texting, I guess, with one of our buddies, uh, Mike Ferguson, and they were um what would do you do you have the the comments there about Rory. I'm obviously he's been playing some really good, uh, really good golf as of late. Um, but 
here was the comment uh, with Rory, you know, you know, successfully defending his title at the CJ CJ cup. Uh, he has right. now won 23 times in his illustrious PJ tour career. Um, and now we're comparing it to the impossible standard of tiger woods, tiger. <laughs> this just blows my mind. Tiger woods has successfully defended a PJ tour title 23 different times. Like he defended a title 23 times in this. And we're talking about the best player in the game right now. Rory McIlroy has only won 23 PJ tour events. Um, again, it's just like, it's the, the standard. It's like, you yeah, we can't really compare, but, but, you know, kind of to your comment, Mike, like there's no other player to like get, get you excited about the game. Tiger is obviously that, that ship has sailed. It's not going to happen anymore. We all know he's not going to, play at the level that he uh, that he once played um so that that's not going to happen so it's like who else are we going to get excited for and like okay then the the next closest guy is is rory and you've we've had a couple guys that have left the pga tour and it's hard to get excited about them playing the live tour because again there's no history with that that tour yet um but who's left on the pga tour and he's the by far the best one in my opinion i don't i don't really think there's any comparison I mean, the PJ Tour is in a good spot. They still have a bunch yeah. of really good golfers, and there's some really big names. And I think it also helps a lot of really good Americans too, right? Because the PJ Tour is an American tour. I know we talk about golf's a worldwide sport, but let's yeah. be honest: the, the the eyeballs, the money, it, it's coming from America, other than the Live Tour in, in Saudi Arabia. But you know, to go back to to Rory, so there was another stat I loved here. So Rory has 30 worldwide wins now, counting DP stuff and whatever it may be. So 30 worldwide wins in four majors. The people are Nicholas, Woods, Hogan, Hagen, Sneed, Palmer, Sarazen, Watson, that's Tom, not Bubba, Phil, Byron Nelson, Seve, Lee Trevino, Ernie Els, and Rory McIlroy. Pretty good list. That's yeah. a hell of a list right there. Yeah, really is. With 30 wins and four majors? 30 wins and four majors worldwide. That's, I mean, he's in that. I mean, he's definitely in that category. I mean, these are the these are the household names that you that you know in golf in the last hundred yeah, years. And Rory will always be someone that is remembered, not in the way that Tiger is from a household name perspective, to where everyone knows him. Doesn't matter what involvement you have with the sport. But to those that are in the know. He will be someone who is forever remembered for his place in the game. I, I think I think he'll be remembered a lot for what's going on right now, and 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 hopefully changing, helping change the face of the PGA Tour and and who they are and and what they represent. You know, obviously we had uh, Jack Nicklaus who helped build the PGA Tour, or what it is, and then or, or what it was for in the, in the late seventies, eighties. Um, in early nineties. And then you had tiger that came in in the mid nineties and, and we saw this incredible boom and he was responsible for, you know, 20 plus years of, of the viewership. And now we're pure seeing dominance. Yeah. Pure. I mean, on the, on the course. Sure. Yeah. That, I mean, that's why people, but even but the attention in the news and just the, the, just the buzz around it just because he was such an iconic star, like it was so different, like being an, an incredible athlete playing golf. We were like, oh, the athletes play golf, you know, and now we've got Rory, who's this more diplomatic type of character, 
really incredible golfer, but this voice of reason through kind of this change of the guard or this turmoil that the PGA tour is going through. And I think he's going to be well-known for helping shape what we are going to see in the next five, 10, 15, 20 years and beyond for the PGA tour. Um, and I, I mean, not, not just that, but because he's such a great pl- player and he's, he's kind of taken on that, that role as being the face of the PGA tour. Um, like I a statesman almost. He, exactly. He's, he's going to be, he's going to be known for how helping the PGA tour make its way through all of the garbage and being dragged through the mud, I guess, through, through all this, uh, the turmoil. Um, yeah. Turmoil is a good word. Yeah. You know, and so going to your comments that you were talking about with Liv, you know, and he made a comment as quote, if people felt so aggravated about some things, I'd rather be trying to make those changes from the ins from inside the walls than trying to go outside and be disruptive, you know, and that's kind of his issue was, you know, I, I think Rory maybe has felt some issues with the PGA tour, but he did it in a better way. Obviously he's a member of, of the pack board mm-hmm. and was like, Hey, well, I'm a big voice. I'm one of the biggest names in golf. I'm going to get with Tiger. I'm going to make some changes from the inside. I'm going to do this the right way versus be Phil and spout off to the media and call the the PGA Tour all these names and then use a a murderous regime. And I think Rory's like, yeah, I get it, guys, but there's a better way of going about it than the way you've done it. And Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. and, And to some extent, because he's on that side of things, uh, I don't think that we would have seen the changes that we were seeing if he had just gone to the tour uh, uh, internally. There's no, there, there, again, there's no consequence for the tour to make the changes that they needed to make. The only reason they they made the changes is because there's a, a, a competing tour. Now, they sure, I agree, 100%. Phil, you know, doesn't have to say the thing. They didn't have to say the things that they said. They didn't have to bash the PJ tour. They could just said, "Hey, look, this is a better opportunity." And I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to go. And that's it. And kind of like Harold Varner said, he's voiced it the right way. He's like, look, they're offering me so much money. I can't, I can't turn this down. Nothing. It's a PJ tour. Great opportunity. I love everybody that works the PJ tour. They just can't, they can't guarantee the money that I'm going to get here. Fair enough. Fine. Let's go for it. And that's what, that alone is what I think has sparked the changes. The, the comments from some of the players that have left, that's just adding insult to injury, burning bridges, which is not a great thing. Uh, but I don't, again, I don't think that the, I don't think we would see the changes that we're seeing if, if had it not been for a real, a real tour or real competition. Um, well, and the other reason we're also seeing the changes. And I think we said this too, is it's because the change is coming from the players that stayed on the PGA tour, this whole elevated yeah. series, this requirement that these guys are going to have to play these events to get the pit money. If the PGA Tour had dictated that to these guys, I think it goes over like a fart in church. But because <laughs> but because it was Tiger and Rory that got the top 20 players in on the PGA Tour together to say, hey, we're going to band together and we're going to do this, and they proposed this to the PGA Tour, that's why it will be successful. And so if it was just the PGA Tour saying, if this was the PGA Tour's idea and Monaghan goes to these guys, hey, that's a great idea. We're going to elevate these events, but hey, you're going to basically commit to 20 events with us or call it 16 plus the majors. We're going to have 13 elevated events that you're going to have to play in if, if you want this pit money that we're going to give out. 
Then you're going to play in the majors. Oh, and by the way, you got to play in three others because we need to make sure our other sponsors are taken care of in some of these other events. The P- the players would have been saying, go, go fuck yourself, Jay. We're not doing that. Yeah. But so they had to realize themselves and, and kind of band together. They to, had to come together. To I make, mean, again, to that's change. Back, back to the point. I mean, uh, kind of what we said from the beginning, I, I think that the, the PGA Tour is a great vehicle to showcase the main attraction, right? If look at it like actors in Hollywood, if all the actors in Hollywood boycott and they don't do any movies, do these big studios, do they, did they survive? No, there's nothing. There's no product. So they, they can dictate the players really have, if they band together, like they did, they, they can dictate how these, these parent companies or say parent companies, but these, these platforms, how they're run, you know, if, if, if 50 to 75 of the players on the PGA tour, the biggest names say, Hey, we have to do it this way, or we're going to, we're not going to play here. They don't have a choice. Like oh, we, we need well, to make this happen. I don't think you the know? players realize how powerful they actually are. Oh yeah. And I, and I think a lot of them, I forget who said this. I saw this quote a couple of weeks ago or months ago, who knows at this point, it's all blended together that, you know, there's a small fraction. It might've been Davis love a small fraction of, the PGA tour who's invested in the product and what's going on. Then there's the small percentage and in, infraction. In that's kind of the, the complainers, the whiners, the guys that want change. And then there's a whole big swath in the middle that are just kind of going about their business and playing in the events and don't really think about it or, put that much time and energy into it. They're focused on making money because they're just focused on themselves and making money and not really the product of the tour or how changes benefit some people, not others. There's just been kind of a, they've been nonchalant with their thinking on the tour. And I'm talking about the players now, because this is a player Mm -hmm. organization. Mm -hmm. There's been too many of these guys that really just haven't had an opinion and just kind of gone along. And they've almost been forced into that. Is it, well, they've all they just kind of went along with it, and they didn't really know. And so, it, it you could actually say some of this is on the players that ten years ago they didn't speak up enough, or yeah. and they just kind of let the executives run it and well, control them. I mean, I, I, this is a kind of elementary, you know, comparison here. But McLean, you can attest to this. You know, I, it's it's no different than a mini tour. I mean, think of how many different mini tours there have been in the U.S. And if if the the people running the tour don't do a good job. Don't pay, pay the players. Don't say they don't have the amenities set up or they make things difficult for the players. And the players just say, you know what? Hey, I, it's not worth it. I can go play this other tour. And I, I in the end of the day, I'm playing golf to make money. And if you're not going to provide me with the best opportunity to make the most money that I can make, um, then I'm going to go somewhere else. I mean, and, and yeah, in those, in those tours, weird. Those tours fade away. Like you've never heard, you don't hear the Hooters tour. It's gone. Uh, you know, the NGA tour gone. Swing Thought tour gone. E Golf tour gone. Uh, Tar Heel tour gone. Uh, I mean, you name them. Every year there's a Golden tour that starts to fade. Golden Bear tour gone. Tour. Yeah. Um, Ray Goose tour gone. Yeah. No, you know, it's just 100 percent it, right. It's the same thing, but obviously on a <laughs> the biggest scale. But it's still the product is the play or, or the product the product are the players. Um, and if the players don't feel like they're, they're getting the value playing on that tour, then they'll leave or they'll do what they're doing now and find a way to make change. So. 
here we are. Yeah. Um, which is good. I think it's, I, I'm, I'm happy. I think it's great. I, I, I know we've kind of, you know, gone over this quite a bit, but um, I do think it's, I think it's good. I think it's, we're moving in the right direction for golf in general. All right. So speaking of that change this week, we have the live golf studio 54 team championship at Trump Doral in Miami. McLean, you going? No. I figured you would be there. I would have lost money I on could. that. I wish I wish I could. I wish so I, could. <laughs> I need I need your team breakdown. I mean, what do you think? The Niblicks just don't seem to have it. I'm not sure <laughs> what the odds say. Um, I mean, but the iron iron heads have been struggling, been struggling. So I'm, I'm like, looking forward to the Phil Mickelson Cameron Smith matchup. I think ultimately Cameron Smith's just going to demolish him, and Phil's going to try to make fun of it. Um, which is funny because he's basically caved to the fact that he's just going to play shit golf. Yeah, uh, I can't wait but, for the one of the best top five players in the world to beat up on an old, washed-up 50-something-year-old. Wow, riveting TV. Oh, sorry, riveting I, YouTube. I, I am looking forward to seeing Brooks Kepka play Harold Barnard third. I think that's going to be a good matchup. Uh, I also uh, think that I'm trying to find another good one. <laughs> <laughs> Joaquin Neiman playing Martin Keimer. I mean, uh, I'll okay, take we, got, we, got Peter, we got Peter Uline, the third best player on live, a guy who can barely <laughs> keep his PGA tour card. Against, Mark Leishman is going to be a pretty good fucker. Against James Pyatt, who can't make a cut in a professional event. I can't wait to watch that. He has not missed a cut on the live tour, dude. You're right. I'm sorry. He <laughs> has not missed a cut really well. on the live tour. So to, to go over the, the rules of this team championship, we covered a couple of weeks ago when they announced it, when they was announced it was going to be changed because they had TV coverage, which they don't have TV coverage yet. So I do think, I do think this format is pretty cool. I will give them this. I do like this team format. The teams is a bunch of poppycock. That's just pointless and, and worthless. And poppycock. It, so you get the two team captains. So, Sorry, the first four seeds, which are top four teams, the four aces, obviously. It's like the Bulls of the 90s. Uh, the Crushers, the Fireballs, and Stinger GC. I mean, everyone's going to equate like the greatest dynasties of all times. They're going to be like, yeah, the Bulls, the Lakers, the 49ers, you know, the Celtics, the Patriots, and the four aces. It's going to be <laughs> synonymous with team sport dynasties in America. Did you, you know. say the Yankees? I had to start somewhere. I left. I, I left out the Yankees. Somewhere. Yeah, what was what was up with that? The greatest franchise of all in all sports. You're you're lucky, guys, at the Lakers. <laughs> all right. So the top four seeds, those four teams, they get a buy. Five through eight get to pick their matchup for the first round on Friday. I think it's Friday. Who knows? The two captains play a singles match. There's another singles match that's chosen. And then the other two on the teams play an alternate shot match. So there's three matches. Two points, you win, you move on. The top four seeds then get to draft and pick their opponent for Saturday. Leaves us with four teams. And then it goes to stroke play. All four scores count. Sorry, Pat Perez on Sunday. Could be the the four races downfall. Could be. I'm not sure what Vegas says about Pat Perez, but it can't be good for some of their odds when they get to that standpoint. 
So I, I do think the team format is interesting. Like I've said all along, they just haven't done the team thing right. It you know the majestics. All of a sudden, Lee Westwood was a team captain, and then this week, Ian Poulter's a team captain. Don't know why or how that makes sense for what reason, but none of the team stuff on Live makes sense. So, you know, I mean, it, it could be interesting. I mean, guys could be playing for their spot. I mean, there could be trades. You know, the hut stove is going to be heating up this offseason. You never know what kind of acquisitions are going to be, you know. I mean, the Jediah Morgan Lori Cantor match is going to be riveting because you don't know. They could be selling insurance next week. You don't know. <laughs> uh, Did you see the Adrian Atangi match? Well, yeah. Well, he's back now all of a sudden. He was on live, then he was off live, actually won an event on the DP World Tour, and now he's back on live. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Vincent. Adrian Ortegi versus Graham McDowell, the ghost of Graham McDowell, and Richard Bland. Like, I, speaking of Bland, <laughs> I mean, Rory's appointment TV. So is that match. You got to watch. Look, I'm here with it. I, I just wish it was just a normal golf tournament, just because it doesn't it doesn't set itself up for. We'll see, though. You know, we'll see. You know, it's nice to see something different. Uh, it is. I, again, I think the format I, is cool. I just I want to see what it looks like from a viewer yeah. perspective. If you've it's got to build, yeah, more you've interesting. Gotta, plot. Yeah, you've got to build some some type of uh, consistency I'll, here moving forward. Like it, it, the first year, it's like okay, it's new. I don't know what we're doing, but if you do it three, five, six, seven years, and people know what to expect, and that that can kind of build the. Uh, you know, build up, yeah, build up the allegiance, build up the anticipation for the event, and uh, people get excited about it. Um, I mean, they're fighting for my allegiance for next year. I mean, I'm really trying to decide who I'm going to root for next year based off of this weekend. I do have a high flyer shirt, and it's a it is a cool logo. I'm not gonna lie. But All right, I well, so what do you what do you I, think? I don't like the, that Phil Mickelson's on that team, but I do like the logo. I think it's sweet. <laughs> I mean, you get Burn Weisberger and Cameron Tringali versus. Uh, Matt Jones in uh, Ward Ormsby, Wade Ormsby, whatever the fuck his name is. I mean, that's, and that's, that's that's intense. I mean, as as a high flyers, you got to be, you know, that's really going to be the pivotal match for you guys. It's going to be important. It's going to be important. You know, you think Cam Smith's going to wipe the floor with with, you know, cracked up Phil there. You know, you got Mark Leishman and and Matt Wolf. That's going to be a pretty good match. Yeah, sure. You know. So I'm half full guy. What do you want? I, I am. I'm, I'm seriously curious at what the YouTube viewers are. Cause it was pretty pitiful for the last two events overseas in um, Bangkok and Saudi Arabia. It was like pretty, pretty awful. You're talking 25,000. Um, there was more, there was more live viewers for a picture of the former prime minister, uh, Liz Truss of, <laughs> of uh, Britain uh, in a uh, head of lettuce. There was more viewers on a live stream of that than there was live golf. So now that we're back in the States in a better time frame, I'll be curious to see what the numbers jump to. Uh, see if they can beat a head of lettuce this weekend. Be tough. Until be tough. they get off. Of streaming platforms, the viewership's never even going to be a number that you can honestly. Yeah. 
But no, I'm just I'm just comparing it against itself. I'm not comparing it against no, anything no, else. I, I just itself. No, no, I I agree with you. I'm not I'm not arguing against that. I'm not. But I'm they need to get they need network. to get a deal. They need to get a network deal. Well, like, you've got to that's figure not out happening. a way. You got to figure out a way to get it on TV to where someone can flip a channel to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's there. There, no one's signing up for a deal. The only chances are for them if they actually do what the reports were a few weeks ago and pay Fox to put it on air. That's that's their only chance to get it on network television. Yeah. So, all right, real fast, do we want to make our picks? I know this episode will come out after the tournament had already started, but this is Jay's favorite event of the year. It's the Bermuda Championship. It's the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. I don't want to keep Jay from not making his picks in this event. Is this has this become my favorite? Event he's of the year? he's referred to this event so many times in the last year. <laughs> it's all he cares about. We can't stop him from talking about the Bermuda Championship. <laughs> have I have I made fun of the Bermuda Championship? Yeah, I, it I was like bad. I feel bad for the once or twice. <laughs> So here's what we're going to do, guys. Real fast. I don't even want explanations. I just want picks. Boom, 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 boom. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So Jay did win last week on our season long. Jay did win. Thanks to Rory McIlroy. I came in second. McLean came in third. We at least picked up some points on the season long race against McLean there. But let's just go through. It is a fucking abysmal field. I will say this. The live golf field this weekend is better than the Bermuda championship field. Ooh, yeah. Okay. This was, this was tough. There's some elevated prices for some of these guys too. Which is, I don't know. Like, I don't the know. Way they are. Yep. It's bad. Um, all right. I'm. I'm. I'm going to send it. I'm ready. Go. All right. Uh, Sixty nine hundred. Again, just for the viewers, fifty thousand dollar budget. We got six guys. We got to pick and keep it under that fifty thousand dollar budget. But Chad Ramey at sixty nine hundred bucks. Then I bump up to my man who's going to probably probably win, Harrison Indicott, 7,100, Australian guy, knows how to play uh, in the wind. I jump up to a friend of the pod, uh, Callum Terran, 8,200 bucks. Then uh, Will Gordon, 8,600 bucks. Will Gordon. He was one of the best. Players in college golf like two years ago played at uh, Vanderbilt, I believe. Um, <laughs> uh, eighty seven hundred bucks. Adam Shank been playing some good golf recently. Just saying. Uh, and then to cap it off, I've got Mister Thomas Dietrich. Um, oh, the top guy. Ten thousand five hundred. Yep, I think he's going to get it done. This guy's apparently playing hot, even though. He finished 69th at uh, the Shriners, but he's got a bunch of top tens. Uh, he was playing very well prior to that. Yeah. Well. I picked him a few weeks ago. We shall see, but that's that's everybody. All right, McLean, your turn. Justin Lauer, Patrick Rogers, Russell Knox, Scott Piercy, Lucas Glover, and uh, Nicholas Echeverria. I wasn't. I was not positive on Nicholas's first name. As <laughs> Nicholas, I saw N Echeverria. <laughs> I had to click on him to verify. All right. Well, so 
five of my six guys have been spoken by either of these two. So um, my only guy, I'll, I'll go the, the five that have. I picked Lucas Glover. I picked Will Gordon. I picked Russell Knox. I picked Patrick Rogers. I picked Callum Tarrant. <laughs> I, believe I tried to fit Patrick Rogers in there. McLean has three. Jay has two of those five. The only guy that I, I have that you guys don't is someone who just played at CCV in the senior tour event this week, 50 years old, Brian gay, $6,700. It's a short golf course. He's a grinder. It's going to be windy. I like Brian gay to have a sneaky week on the PGA tour this week. Brian gay misses the cut. I'm just (laughs) (laughs) going to miss the cut. I like it. I like him. He just finished six. He's playing well. <laughs> he finished sixth on the Champions Tour. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sixty eight hundred dollars. I mean, sixty eight hundred yards. Like Sixty seven hundred dollars. Not even a dollar a yard. I'm paying. <laughs> you know, it is a shorter course and it is windy. So <laughs> he can chip. He can chip and putt his ass off. So I like he him. Can't. He can't. He's right, you know, you're laughing now. I'm going to be laughing later. You're right. When he you're right. The top right. five. You know. But if so, he does, if he does miss the cut, you need to, you need to own up to it next week. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, you definitely read some of the same articles that I did because you picked a couple of guys. We did have some of the same guys. Well, yeah. Shank, Shank was on a lot of people's. Yeah. And uh, what was the other guy that you said was going to win? Honeycut, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, Endicott. Endicott. Whatever. Yeah. Same thing. Honeycut. Yeah. I hope Honeycutt plays well. I know I saw his name <laughs> on a lot of articles, and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm yeah. not picking him. Ozzy. Ozzy, Ozzy, so, Ozzy. Who are these fucking guys? <laughs> I do think I do think Callum Taron's going to have a great week. Mark I would my word love, there. I would love it if he has a great week and finish. I might make a wager on a Callum Taron top I, 10 I this week. I would love that. That'd be so. awesome. All right. That's it for us for our weekly recap. Again, you're going to hear our interview with Rob Labritz in about 15 seconds. And we hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Later. And we're joined by a fellow PGA professional. I'm not the only one on the show tonight. This is great. <laughs> Mr. Rob Labritz, currently 40th on the uh, Charles Schwab Cup rankings on the Champions Tour, but really a lifelong shirt folder like myself and member of the PGA. Played in, what, eight PGA championships, low club pro, and and one or two of them made the cut. And so, Rob, welcome. Happy to have you. Nice to be here. Let's talk some golf. This is going to be good. Yeah, let's talk some golf. (laughs) So I kind of explain your story to the listener. It's it's pretty unique. We've had a handful of of professional, you know, tour pros on this. um, But your, your story is unique compared to the rest. How did you get where you are today? Well, wow. Yeah. How did I get there? Good question. I don't know. There was like, man, there was like twists and turns. And my, my mom always said, you just got to just take the straight line. And I always decided to take the twists and turns for some reason. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I wanted to prove her wrong. I don't know, but that's kind of the way it went. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just love the game of golf. I got into it at, at four. We lived on a little public track in Connecticut and, uh, and my dad liked to drink a lot and I didn't want to be in the house a lot. So, uh, you know, I found his clubs in the garage and, and literally lived on it. We lived right on one of the two of the greens and, and a couple of the tee boxes. Um, so I had access to like, you know, chipping and putting and 
just fell in love with it. I mean, I, you know, to this day, I thank God for his drinking. I, say, I don't say that in a you know, funny way. Maybe right. it is funny now, but um, yeah, it took, drove me to the game and I just fell in love with it, you know, and just started playing it. And that was it. That was it. Every other sport that I played, I, I couldn't wait to like get done with that to go play golf. You know? So was, was the goal always play on tour, right? PJ tour is, is the goal for any kid growing up trying to play golf. Was that your goal? And did, you know, how'd you get to becoming a, a, a PJ professional and now a member of the PJ tour champions? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was always my goal to play full time. Uh, I turned pro early in 1991, played the, you know, the space coast tour for, for about a year. Um, and, uh, you know, did okay. Uh, but my mom, I went to college on a, on a golf scholarship at central Connecticut state university and fast Eddie Fernandez and I grew up playing golf together since we were, you know, young kids. So, um, you know, we kind of pushed each other. So that was like the first thing Eddie Fernandez and I were like the we were two pretty good golfers. We just loved it. And we were, we were getting pretty good by playing with each other, you know, golf every day in the morning before we went to school and then after. And then, you know, I, I just love the game. So my parents thought it would be cool if I moved down to Florida when I was, uh, they sold the house in Connecticut and we moved down to Florida when I was a junior in high school. Um, you know, kept playing, you know, got a couple college scholarship offers, uh, went to college for a semester and a half, found it way too easy to skip class, take golf balls, drink beer, <laughs> chase girls. And I probably did that in, those, in that order, you know, uh, really wanted to just hit golf balls. And then, um, you know, decided to just turn pro and, uh, you know, I started on the mini tours. So got my butt handed to me early, uh, learned how to play. And then I started making some checks, um, you know, kind of grinded it uh, while I was working at Monarch Country Club. My mom said to me, she goes, you know, I don't want you to just be able to get hurt. She goes, what are you going to do? You know, you, you're going to have no skills. You've just played golf and you lose an arm or something. What are you going to do? You don't have a college degree. She's like, there's this thing called the PGA of America. She goes, why don't you, um, you know, once you join this thing and you can, you can learn about, you know, the golf business and run a golf club. And I was like, well, that sounds kind of cool. I said, you know, it was, it was something to fall back on, so to speak. Right. So from, you know, 91 and 94, while I was doing, you know, practicing and playing, I was, I was an assistant golfer at Monarch Country Club in Palm City, Florida. This guy, Mike McNeil, gave me a job. I was shining iron, you know, pulling up carts and, you know, for a couple <laughs> bucks, every time you shine the iron, they, they tipped you and pull the carts down. You know, in a couple months, they asked me to be inside. Uh, so they thought I was a good kid and uh, pulled inside, started to learn about running tournaments. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't brain surgery. It felt pretty normal to just kind of, you know, run a tournament and, you know, do the announcements and do the boards and write stuff down and, you know, then figure out how much you're paying out, how much you're, you know, so all of a sudden I started to learn in the business. Uh, I did that till about 94. Uh, and then in 94, the guys at Monarch said, uh, you know, we see you play a lot every day. You practice and you're winning, you know, some of these assistant tournaments. Why don't you go play full time? So they got some money together for me, some 94, 97. I, I played full time. And never went through their money. Started playing the mini tours, Golden Bear Tour, winning some tournaments, you know, making some money. And uh, I kind of, I was doing all right until my dad died in 97. Uh, and my dad, when he died, I, I, I did some pretty stupid things for a year, a couple of years. Uh, you know, just went on the wrong side of the tracks and just did some bad stuff. And, you know, it come to my body. I never got arrested or anything like that, but I just was making wrong decisions. Um, I woke up one day and got offered a job at Shinnecock, uh, through a friend of mine, Mark Bender introduced me to Don McDougal, uh, and, uh, got offered a job at Shinnecock, took that for three years. Uh, they had a three year and out deal. So once you did three years, you were out. Um, Carl Alexander called me 2000. He said, listen, we're starting a new club called Glen Arbor Golf Club in Bedford Hills, New York. 
we don't have a clubhouse. We don't have a golf course. We don't have a teaching facility. We got to build it all. You want to come on board and help me build this thing? And I said, I'm on board. Uh, did it a couple of years until about 2003, played in two majors in 2002 and 2003. And then, um, you know, we built this membership up in this teaching facility and short game facility and this clubhouse. That was kind of cool. Uh, a couple of members said, listen, why don't you go play full time? So uh, went out to the Canadian tour, one Canadian tour Q school, played Canadian tour for two years and Golden Bear for another year. And uh, was kind of going through a divorce at the time. So left playing full time again to become a director of golf at Glen Arbor. Um, you know, it was just an opportunity that I was there. I was gone for two years playing Canada and Australasia and all this stuff and came back as a director of golf at Glen Arbor. And, um, you know, I was there for a long time, started playing in majors and, you know, one teacher of the year and, you know, just got into the PGA stuff as, as good as I could and just tried to keep my game sharp. And when I left in 2003, that's when I said to myself, I was going to play the Canadian tour. And every night I'd sit down and I just manifest it and think about it and envision it. And when I was practicing, I envisioned myself, you know, winning Q school and doing all the things that I did. And I mean, I hate to say it, sure as shit, but you know, if you go to Q school and I, and I win Q school, which is, you know, crazy. So it shows the power of the, of the mind. And now I'm out here kind of on the bubble. I'm, I'm like, you know, you guys said I was 40th. I'm actually 38th. Oh, uh, sorry. My apologies. Now it's okay. Hey, man, those two <laughs> spots, man, those mean a lot right now. They make a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, so, and you know what? You, you put me in this position in the beginning of the year. You say, you know what, Rob, we're going to give you 38th position with two events to go and see what you could do. I, I'm in. Yeah. Give me, yeah. I'm in, coach, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going to see. I had a great year um, learning how to play full time against the best over 50 on the planet. The top, <laughs> top 36? Awesome. Top 36, top 36 full card. Yeah. You're basically in everything. You know, you could, that's where you want to shoot to. Um, that's where I'm shooting to. And then, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to grind from there. You know, awesome. that's, that's, you know, yeah. we, you kind of touched on a little bit, obviously going through, you know, winning Canadian Q school, you know, almost 20 years ago. And then this past year winning the the champions tour Q school, I don't, I think, I don't think people really understand. I, I, we touched on it a little bit the other day, how difficult it is to get through, I mean, any Q school you you go through is going to be tough, but the Champions Tour Q school is getting really, really tough. I mean, it's almost impossible. And you obviously, you know, you won Q school last year. What what is just fill it fill fill the listeners in on what that process is? I know with like with the web or now PJ Tour Q school again. There's three, almost four stages if you include you know pre qualifying. So and that process we've kind of explained that. But what's the Champions Tour process like? Yeah, I guess um, you know they. Listen, there's less qualifying. Uh, you don't have to go through four stages, right? You have to go through, especially if you're a newbie to try to get on the web, you got to go through pre, first, second, and third, yeah. right? So for the Champions Tour, there's two stages. There's four and four. So you play four rounds. I think the top 13 in the first stage, and there was like 80 to 90 guys in the first stage got through the finals. And then there's, a, you know, a certain, I think there's three or four first stages. I don't think there's more than four. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the finals is uh, one final, and they give away five cards. Uh, out of all the guys get to the final. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, people, I, I heard, I heard after that it was harder. It was the hardest thing to do. I heard after. Yeah. So thank yeah. God. Probably good. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Oh, I'm 50 now. I'll just go through Q school and then you know, thought, get my card. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Easy. You know? uh, anyway, I get out there and I find out, you know, that I'm a good player, but I, but I also immediately saw where I needed to improve. And, and, um, now I had some good finishes this year, uh, and I've had some close finishes to winning, uh, and I'm 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 this close to just kind of 
kind of just kind of breaking through, but I'm also improving. I'm getting better. I mean, I, I came out here as a, as a, as a full-time club pro, right. Of 31 years to, to playing against the best guys over 50 on the planet. And, you know, I, I think I've, I've held my own people have tell, telling me the guys out there saying, listen, you're doing great. You're doing great. You got to understand who you're playing against. And then, I, you know, on the other side, internally, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I understand. Thank you. I appreciate that. Right. But I'm my internal guys, like, I still want to beat you know, your ass. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I know, I know where I've left some shots out there. It's yeah. Like, ah, yeah. You know? sure. But, uh, but yeah. out there. <laughs> Um, did you find it hard? Sorry, Jay. I mean, no, go, go for it. Yeah. Did, did you find it hard? I mean, obviously you played, you know, full time years ago, but then you went to the club pro route and now you get on tour, find it hard to get back into that grind, the weekly grind, traveling all the time away from the family, especially against guys that have been doing it for 30 years, you know, and are more accustomed to that. It wasn't really anything new for them. Did you find like you were almost behind the eight ball a little bit? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously I, you know, I didn't play as, as much as they did. I don't have as much experience playing, but I was so excited to be out there. And I always knew I could do it. You know, I always knew I could play full time. I, you know, it was one of those things where I, you know, I, and every tour pro I've ever played with down the line, they were like, man, you're, you, you got a lot of game, you know, they're like, you got some game. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, always kind of like, you know, but internally I'm like, <laughs> you know, that, that little dude was always tell me, I already know. <laughs> right. I mean, I know you feel the same way, Jay, you got that little dude in there. That's just kind of like, but you know, and you know, it's just, I don't know. What was your question? Mike, I, I lost my train. No, no, you're just, did you feel behind the eight ball and you know, that you were, you know, these guys were coming off the PGA tour to have been on the grind, on the road, knowing what to expect. And you're kind of, changing your whole lifestyle, right? Your whole life got turned yes. upside down and adjusting to a, a brand new lifestyle while trying to compete with these guys. Yes. I knew I was behind the eight ball, but one of the great things about me is that I'm, I'm a quick learner. I mean, that's why I've always done well with what I need to do in my life, you know, whether it be being a good PGA pro or being a good father or being a good, you know, you just kind of got to do what you do well and you got to learn from the right people. So I kind of just dove in. I mean, I watched, I listened, I, I tried to play with the best players that I could right immediately. I wanted to play with them. I wanted to play with all the, you know, the, the world golf hall of fame guys. Why would you not? You know, I want to see what they're all about. And then of course you play with the Doug Barons and the Rock Immediates and the, uh, you know, even the Shane Birches. I mean, every guy out there can play, <laughs> you know, people say, Oh, you know, it's champion stories. Guys aren't that good. Yeah. No, you know what? <laughs> BS. Steven Alker. Are you kidding me right now with this dude's yeah. doing? Are you kidding me? You know, Padre, are you kidding me? What's going on with it? I mean, you know, these guys are playing great golf. And it, I, the more I play with them, the better I'm going to get. Do you, you know, I don't, I know you don't want to, you know, these are new friends out there. You're not, I don't want you to try to throw any, anyone under the bus there, but do you feel that? you feel like an outsider sometimes with some of these guys and they're like, Oh no. yeah, this is a PJ nope. pro. He's not, you know, he's not one of us. He's not a, he's not a PJ tour champion with, with this, you know, guaranteed gift onto this tour. You, you don't feel that you're getting shunned nope. in any way. Like, Oh, that, no. that's great. I mean, no. I've always wondered this, because I know this is kind of like, this is their kind of tour, so to speak. It's like, okay, I played my 25, 30 years on the PJ tour and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have fun and just play 10 years on the champions tour. And who are these guys that are qualifying in? You know, you don't, you don't get that feel from these guys. They're, no, you're I get along with them well. And yeah, not at all. I mean, as a matter of fact, right. if anything, they're trying, they're helping me. I, you know, I, I, I understand my place out there. Okay. I am sure. not 
you know, the, the name, I am not the Bernhard Langer. I, listen, I'm a guy who won Q school. I earned my way out there and I am going to be as courteous as I can to everybody. But ultimately, I'm out there working my game and I'm going to work my game as hard as I can. And I'm going to utilize everything that I have out there, which I can, the fitness trailers, the, all the stuff to, and play with you guys and watch and learn and ask questions. If you want to answer my questions, you can answer them. But I'll be respectful because these are the guys that I was watching. Sure. my whole life. And now I get to like, you know, just kind of like play with them. And, and they're surprised. They're surprised about my game. I have a feeling. And, you know, That's listen, good. I make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I make mistakes. I am as raw as you got. I mean, you work oh, on my baby. cards. I'll make six or eight birdies in a day. And I'll make a triple in a boat. And it's like, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, and it's not like I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm figuring it out. And I try in every damn shot that I hit, you know, it's not yeah. like I'm, I've ever tried to backhand one in. I'm, yeah, it's, I'm, every one of them is is I'm a, I'm, I'm accounting for it. <laughs> well, and I'll say this, Rob. One thing I've noticed from watching you at some of the events, and you carry a smile on your face most of the time. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun to see you out there having a good time. And it, I mean, as a fan, it's it's been awesome. Uh, and I think we have a lot more success uh, ahead of us here very soon. And thanks for playing. I I honestly am feeling that way when I get out there. I feel like I am. It's this is like given time to me. So it's like, I've always wanted to do it. I'm going to try my hardest. And it's like, this is what I wanted. Why would I get miserable out there? If I hit one into the water, yeah, it sucks. But it's like, it doesn't take me away from being out there. I'm still there. So yeah. let's, let's try to make a part. You yeah. know? <laughs> and, and people, I think it's funny, you know, even the few times, again, I didn't play in as many as events as you did, but the few PGA Tour events I played in, if I just would wave to people and smile, they were, they wanted, they didn't know who I was. Like I was a nobody. I was a Monday qualifier, but they, they're like, Oh, this guy looks nice. He's waving to us. I'm going to follow this guy, you know, and it's probably yep. a similar situation. Almost kind of fake it till you make it like, Hey, I'm, I, I'm going to act like I'm, I belong and enjoy what I'm doing and be courteous to the fans because that's the reason that you even are playing because there's people that want to come watch. Um, and then just, you know, before you know, know it you know here you are just smiling waving you don't have to do the phil mickelson thumbs up all the time which you know i don't see you doing that but you know you're at least being you know, you're happy enjoying being out there and people are like oh this is this guy's cool i mean he seems like he's having a good time let's follow this guy um i don't know it just seems infectious infectious when when you have that attitude people are they gravitate towards it i've heard a lot of that i yeah i've heard a lot of that and i'm glad that people are seeing that because it's like if we can get people excited about the game you know, that's what's cool about it. If I've been surprised how many people like you do come up like on the first date, if there's a lot of people around. I'll turn around and be like, Hey, how's everybody doing? Right. And they're like, Oh my God, I'm really cool. Good. Yeah. You know, and you start talk to me. Everybody, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. don't fit as a fan. I would, I would want that. Sure. I mean, I would want one of the, one of the, one of the guys who's playing to talk. I mean, that would be cool, you know? So anyway, mm -hmm. that's the experience I try to give. Um, people say, well, it might be taking away from your focus. Nah, you don't need to focus at that time. You need to focus while you're hitting the shot, you know, a couple seconds yeah. before it, you know, and then move yeah. on. Yeah. So I think it keeps you loose a little bit. And I think anyone on this call would, uh, or on this podcast would also say that it's a hell of a lot easier to play well when you're happy and having a good time. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not having a good time and you're over grinding, man, golf can be a miserable. It's hard. And we've all been there. We've all had those yes. moments. Hundred percent, we've all, and that's why, why. Why go there? I know one thing: as a person, I don't want to be miserable, man. I want to have fun. I'm, I'm not here to be miserable and make people miserable. I, McLean, you don't look like you're here to make people miserable. 
Uh, you haven't talked to him long enough, Rob. Just wait. I will say, Rob, it's, it's really cool kind of hearing some of your story, where you come from. I, I find um, so many similarities, both between myself and my father. Uh, I mean, it, it's so funny. You mentioned Monarch Country Club. I live right there now. I used to pass Monarch Country Club every day uh, up until a few months ago, picking my son up from Palm City Preschool. Uh, so wow. I'm down. I'm live. I live in Port Salerno, so right down yeah, yeah. Stewart, Hope Sound area. Um, yeah. My son went to Palm City Preschool, Monarch Country Club. It, it, they have me geofence. It pops up on my phone. I swear, <laughs> advertising. So when you said that immediately, I'm like, it has to be. So it's so funny that it, with what you've done, very similar to something my father was trying to do. You know, he ended up going over to Europe, playing over there on the European Senior Tour. He also won Q School, um, the European Tour Q School, but. It, it's really cool kind of hearing your story. I find so, so many similarities, like I said, both between myself and my father with what you've done. And man, it's, uh, it's fun being a fan, buddy. That, that, that's the only thing I can say. No, I appreciate that. And you know what? I think you and I are kind of tied because I knew your dad. It's cool that, uh, you know what? I mean, you know, back in the day, like I said, 2002, 2003, 2000, that's when I first started playing in those, those national club pros that I got to know what an icon he was and played a few rounds with him. And uh, him and Tim Thalen, you know, I remember, I just remember specifically those two guys together. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was, he was good. And, you know, the world, obviously when he passed was, it was a sad thing. And, and I'm sorry for your loss. And, you know, the, the golf world's the worst place because he's not in it anymore because he was such a character, such a great player, such a great PGA pro. Was, you know, he carried the flag pretty awesome. Man. So you should be proud. You're here. Uh, thank you for saying that. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the questions I wanted to ask, so you're out there, you kind of mentioned the, all these Hall of Famers you're playing with. Did all your experience and all the PGA championships kind of help alleviate the kind of the awe factor of like, oh man, I'm on the range with Ernie Els because you were around these guys so much at, at so many PGA championships? Yeah, that definitely helped without a doubt. You know, and I've hosted some events at the club. Uh, so you get to know them and you get to, you get to realize that, you know, they're just like everybody else. They're just skilled at their, what they do. They're like skilled chefs. They're skilled, like skilled, anything like skilled PGA pros like yourself, you know, it's whatever you're really good at. You know, it's just that they, they happen to get paid a lot more when they play well in major championships than <laughs> you do as PGA pros. Right. Yes. But uh, you know, it's, it's just all the guys, are, they're, they're just regular dudes that helped me playing in, in the, in the majors. And then of course, you know, going to the champions tour was like, you know, I, I know I hit the ball pretty long. Uh, and, you know, you, when you start turning 50, you know, always hit it as long as, as the guys do out on the, on the tour. So it's kind of nice to like, I didn't feel so, you know, cr- so crazy, like going into lengthwise. So I played a lot of, all those PGAs, played a lot of guys. But they, they just, I mean, those young kids just bomb the ball. Shit. Oh my goodness. It's <laughs> so far. They hit it so far. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I, what I play with, I played with before. Before one of the events, Mississippi or one of the, I don't remember, Nick Taylor, Nick Dunlap, Nick Dunlap, the U.S. junior uh, winner mm-hmm. a few years ago. Oh, my gosh, this kid bombs the ball. He carries the ball 370. And that <laughs> ball's in the air. For five, you know, for like, you know, I, I get 305. Sometimes I get 330. You get four, you know, firm, maybe 340. You get firm and you catch one. But if it's firm and catch one, these guys are over four of them. Right? But it's like, man. So far, I, I mean, it's just a different game. I mean, you know? you got, you're one of the what you're you're in the top fifteen in driving distance. I think, right? If yeah, in. I mean, and you're. I mean, who, who out there have you played with that you're just 
they're on another level in terms of distance. Uh, and nobody, There's nobody out, nobody, nobody on the champion store that is. Um, I played with Retief the other day, although he's coming back off shoulder surgery. He's pretty long. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Michael Bradley. I mean, Michael Michael's in his sixties. He's still pretty damn long. Um, you know, there's guys out there. You know, that can. You know, Doug Barron still still pounds still it out it. there pretty good. Yeah. Still moves it good. You know, there's yeah. guys out there. And Padraig, obviously, you know, he rips it out there. He's, yeah. He's still up at one sixteen with his clubhead speed. So he's, you know, he's hammering the ball out there. And you know, is it, there? It's, I always like to kind of, you know, this is kind of, these are generic questions I know, but I'm as a fan, I mean, I'm like curious because, you know, you're kind of inside the ropes. Who, who out there have you played with? You're like, um, you know, one that's, that's more impressive than you thought they were, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you see a guy on TV, you know, obviously you're being in the, in the golf business, PGA pro, and you knew they were great players, but who in person at playing with them, you're like, man, this guy really is amazing. Is there anybody that jumps out at you? I, you know, that's a good, you know, that's a good to, response. That means you, you're, you're neck and neck with these guys. Yeah. I, you know, and, and it's like, I look at the amazing and you say it's amazing. I, I think they're already amazing. Right. But I don't yeah. see that amazingness outside of the realm of, of what I can do. I mean, sure. I, they've just done it for longer and they're, yeah. you know, they've played so many more events than I have. Right. I mean, yeah. think about it, I played 26 events this year. You know, you know, I did some section stuff, but you know, I mean, what, 15, 20 events, but they're not, two days, maybe three, maybe, maybe a four, the club pro, you know, the yeah. PG, whatever. But it's not like, you know, you're playing 40, 50 weeks a year. These guys, some of these guys are cranking, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, so that's, it's, that's it's different. It's very different. Very different. But I know, yeah, I know lengthwise, you know, I've got to play with all of them pretty much. Who haven't I played with yet? Um, I haven't played with Padre in, uh, in a tournament yet. We played some holes together, uh, practice rounds. Uh, I've played with pretty much, you know, pretty much everybody else uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, who's impressive who, to me is, who, is Jerry oh. Kelly's impressive to me. Yeah. Jerry is just a scrapping. Scrappy. He can golf his freaking ball. And I love his attitude. Uh, respect goes out to Jerry. Uh, all, all the guys out there, man. But Jerry, Jerry, Jerry's just like this, you know, he's, his body English is all over the place. He's <laughs> making putts and he's shooting seven under. It's just awesome. And I just Jerry plays Adam up. He's like, I'm going to go do me. And at the end of the day, add him up and see where it's at. <laughs> He's like, at the end of the day, I'll add him up with you. We'll, we'll see where we end up. But that that's it. And don't do any bunkers uh, against him, man, because he will ruin you out of the bunker. I guarantee you. Any bunker, he will ruin you. I guarantee <laughs> It's amazing. It's awesome. What's your, uh, what's your ideal pair, favorite pairing? If you look at the T-sheet, the pairings come out onto your phone. Who's Two guys were like, I'm excited to play. Do you have those sort of allegiances out there? Yeah, I mean, all of them. I, I haven't met a person out there that I haven't been. I was excited to play with everyone, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, because they're all the guys that I've watched. So sure. every one of them. Um, who, who have I had some laughs and fun playing with? Um, like outright laughing or laughing on the golf course. Yeah. I've, I've outright laughed with Jerry. I've outright, outright laughed with Rocco Mediate. I have outright laugh at Doug Barron, but to, you know, but to be honest, I'm outright laughing with a lot of guys out there. Pampling, yeah. I mean, we're Stephen Ames. I mean, we're having all these guys are having a good time out there. But you know what? When it's time for them to hit the shot, they hit the shot. They stick it in and make the bird, and they walk to the tee, but they're smiling as they go on the next tee. They're not stone faced. It's it's pretty cool to 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 be a part of it. And hopefully, my attitude out there is helping them feel even more psyched because I'm so happy to be out there. You know, it's 
yeah. uh, hopefully it's a, a little bit infectious for him because, you know, after you do something for a long time, it gets a little bit crusty for a while. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, that we see so often with amateurs that are out there, what I call over grinding, that they have this constant grind about them and they're not able to actually get out there and really enjoy themselves and have some fun. You know, it's, it's over focusing, not able to separate the time between shots and what they're doing. And it's, it looks like a frustrating game. When any of us play with guys like that, you, you watch that and you're just like, that just, that just doesn't look like fun. And I think that's important for a lot of people to realize that most of the time, especially when the best guys are playing the best, most of the conversations don't surround golf. No, gosh, no, no. You're talking about other things. You're, you know, exactly. you might have talked about a shot in the last hole or something, but you're done in a second. Then you talk about your kids, what you're going to do, where you're going to go eat. You know what? You know who's in town with you. If your wife's in town, you know yeah. all that fun stuff. Are your kids with you? You know where, where yeah. can we go? Can we go to some amusement park? What are you going to do? You can practice when you're done. It's all that stuff. Yeah. You know. I, I think that's to your point, McLean. I think the guys who are the most successful, they know how to turn it off and turn it on because you can't you can't focus like that for. For 18 holes like it's the, the grinding like that will drive you absolutely mad so you have to have once you hit a shot you've got to be able to turn it off and and you know look at talk about something else talk about life um because it's, the game's hard enough as it is so if you're going to sit there and think about every shot over and over just you're gonna you're gonna blow your you know rip your hair out <laughs> Torture you yourself, man. yeah I, mean, look, I got nothing left man I just yeah. that way <laughs> i just have a good head of hair look at this now i got shiny stuff <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you're so right but you know it's the way it is yeah it's the way it is you know? but they've obviously these guys know what they're doing because they wouldn't be on the champion store if they didn't know how to do that so no i mean there's something to be grumpy. said for that there are some people that play grumpy too. They can't, yeah. you know, can't help playing grumpy, but yeah. you know, whatever, that's what yeah. they do. It's all good, man. Yeah. They're still doing good at it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, it's so funny because it's, it's one of those things that kind of goes against normal logic. It's like, what do you mean? I can focus too hard on this. I can try too much. And in a lot of cases, that's not a thing, but it's such a finicky <laughs> mental frustrating. I mean, the adjectives go on and on and on. It's a, it's an incredible game that we all love. That's been my final rounds as, as of late. My final rounds have kind of been a little bit too much. I'm trying to like, you know, go a little low and win and, and not letting them happen as much as, as almost forcing them. And, and that's the thing that you can learn, you know, as you're, as you're going back and you're looking, you sit back and think about the shots you hit. Uh, I've definitely learned that this year, you know, whereas uh, at section level, when I, if I, you know, if I got to a certain number or even gave back a few towards the end, I would, maybe I would still win. You can't do that out here. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you, you, you got to keep going under. Um, yeah. So I've got to, I've got to learn how to, you know, and it's all learning. I've got to learn how to kind of t- channel that and, and maybe make it like my first two rounds. Uh, but uh, part of the process. Part of the no process. Doubt. Cool. Yeah. So how, how do you keep your game sharp as a PGA professional? Right. So, you know, you've played with a lot of us and we all get into this game because we love the game. We have a half decent, you know, game ourselves. But how do you stay sharp? Keep it sharp. Obviously, you you stayed competitive, won a lot of events at the section level, you know, state opens, that kind of stuff. What was your, you know, trick, I guess, to keep that game sharp while you're working full time running a club? Yeah, uh, it was just to keep practicing and um, just to kind of keep keep the game and, and my thought of, of the game at the forefront. Um, I always did that. And when I worked out, 
I worked out daily, um, trying to get stronger core. I mean, I always did it and it was, you know, 20 some odd years. Um, I just kept that kind of in the forefront of my mind. I think you're going to do this. You're going to do this. And I I would think about it and manifest it. And and then I learned uh, down the road, you know, after maybe 2006 or seven from somebody that if you really see things to a great detail, uh, you know, you can, you can again, manifest things, right. You can make them happen. So I, I tried to, I tried that for a while. I tried that. I won the Westchester open the first time I actually really did it. I first time I ever got into spinning class spinning, you know, we, we yeah. get in a bike and you ride in a dark room and the music's going <laughs> right. And you're doing all this stuff for 45 minutes, kicks your butt. Right. But I'm, I'm spinning this thing. And instead of thinking about the music, I was thinking about what it was like to put my arm around my son, Matthias, as I'm walking up the 18th hole at Westchester at, my, at, at my club at Glen Arbor in the Westchester Open, winning Westchester Open by three shots. And I just remember the tear of feeling coming down my eye and watching the tear coming down his eye as we're walking up the fairway. And I remember saying the words, see, this is what it's like when you work really hard. Yeah, that's incredible. And it happened. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> I mean, that whole thing happened. And I mean, it. I say it, it makes my my hair stand up on my arms. But that's, I guess it's the power of the mind. Um, and, you know, obviously mixed with just a focus. I, yeah. My wife... We've been focused on this. It's like been the driving, you know, we've wanted to, you know, not I love being a PGA club pro, but I, I just wanted to play full time. I, you know, there was, there was just, I wanted to show that I could do it with my golf game. I always knew that I could. Um, so, you know, I, I got past the first part and then, uh, you know, I've got two weeks left to, to break into that uh, one week left to break into that top 36 and then, um, you know, move on. I'll get some events next year as well. Uh, which will be good. So, and I'm already in the UFC and open. So I'm going to continue to grind and chip away at this because I know I can get out there. That's awesome. That That's is, awesome. That's incredible. <laughs> manifest. I love that. I'm going to manifest myself manifest. to be six feet tall. Let's see if that happens. <laughs> I know. You I know. I wish both, I, I, you uh, you a lot both. of things I want to manifest. You, you, you <laughs> trust me. I don't, I don't think body parts or anything is, <laughs> is one of them. <laughs> oh, that's great. So I got another question for you. That's off the topic of, of your specific golf game as a, as a fellow PJ professional. I want your take on the industry of, you know, the golf professional. There's been a lot of talk in our industry of work-life balance and the role that's happening and evolving, changing roles of, of our profession. Um, and since we have you on here, I want, would love to hear your take on that. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, my hat's off to every PGA professional out there, assistant or PGA member that's stuck it through and are working at a facility because, you know, you, you start in the business, you don't make much. You know, you work your way up, you know, you might get certified, you might get all, you know, get all these specialty things, you're not making much. Um, you're working, you know, weekends, you're working holidays, you know, you're away from your family, you might excel a little bit here and there and in certain parts, managing, you know, merchandising, teaching, you're not making much. And then like you get to like, you know, the highest part where you always wanted to be and you sit down there. And you're negotiating and you think you should make this much. And then all of a sudden you're not making this much because it's either a club that's trying to find a way to save some money and, you know, and you take it for that amount. And then all of a sudden you wish you didn't. And there all of a sudden you're taking, you're off to a bad start. (laughs) Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I think that's kind of where the industry kind of is right now. It seems like, 
Um, you know, some of the higher clubs, some of the, the clubs that have been more established are, are paying for their pros and, and paying for their, their, you know, their experience, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's some clubs that right now, you know, uh, you know, you know, they're trying really struggling before COVID and COVID kind of gave them that, that, that booster mm-hmm. shot, you know, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. That kind of kept them afloat. Um, but you know, the, the PGA pro is, a, is an undervalued, um, undervalued, underpaid, in my opinion, um, you know, guy who wears a lot of hats, uh, who is a professional uh, manager uh, and a professional at managing a lot of different a- aspects of a golf operation. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I, I wear my, I was a PGA pro. I wore, I still wear my PGA. I'm a very proud PGA member. I will always be a PGA, pro, you know, PGA member. If I could advocate for, you know, more money, more, all this stuff, we're in the service industry, you know, so um, the only thing I can tell you, if you're really specific with what you want to be, if you want to be a great teacher, then you know, become a great teacher. You know, make your money teaching. Figure it out. Figure out how you can make a ton of money teaching. If you want to be a great merchandiser, you know, figure it out. Figure out what's going to sell. If you want to be a great manager, chump, turn out those professionals that, that are going to be other great managers. You know, you're going to reap the benefits and all that stuff. So you got to really just figure out what you want to do and kind of grab it. And then try to be the best at it. And hopefully, um, you know, when you get into your contracts, you can you can have, you know, your sort of like your life, you know, salary sort of built in. So as mm-hmm. you grow, you know, you're growing with the job. So, you know, as you retire at, you know, say 65, hopefully you're making a, a good amount. And you re- retire quietly and, and, and good, you know. Um, if you're not doing that, then, you know, it's hard because then you're, you know, it's hard. I, I know a lot of guys that work their whole lives and, you know, don't have enough retirement, but they just love the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, which sucks, you know, because then they're well, working yeah. until they, you know, it's hard. It's a great, you, great game. It's the greatest, greatest game on the planet, but it's, it's you know, it's a service industry. Yep, <laughs> like, you know? Yep. No, I mean, you, you nailed it, Rob. And I thought, I thought I would be a golf pro for the rest of my life. It was growing up in it. It was all I was doing and or it was all I ever saw myself doing. And I chased a dollar and got onto the sales side of things. Um, and it was because once I got into it, you started seeing such a small percentage of jobs that actually paid what maybe the workload really, uh, uh best way to say this. It, no, you said paid, it. Workload that, is the thing. Well, that paid correctly for the workload that's being put on somebody. Um, I'm sure there's a, a more eloquent way to put that, but there it's unfortunate but there's so few jobs out there now in that profession, so few clubs that really pay um, what someone with 25 years of experience deserves to make. And it's it's also something to where I learned, and this is not a knock on the PGA at all. It's really more of the golf ownership side. I love the PGA. I've been involved with it my entire life. Um, This is not a negative on that side of things. But one thing that I started seeing, and I think now it might be, we might be turning the corner a little bit, there's a lot of clubs that you started noticing that as guys started getting up into that 20 year experience level, been there a long time, you're seeing clubs that all of a sudden opt to get rid of the veteran to bring in someone cheaper because it saves them $25,000 a year. And that to me was a very scary situation because it's like, wait a second, I just worked my ass off to get here to this point. And there's so many places that unfortunately I'm sure there's a financial reason behind it, whatever it is, 
but it's so unfortunate. I, I saw so many guys and a lot of guys that obviously were friends with my father that got up into their fifties and had all that experience. And unfortunately the club just wasn't in a good, in good financial shape and they had to get rid of him, not because he did anything wrong or did anything poorly, but just the club couldn't afford to continuously pay him or a board member came in that wanted to try and find someone to do it cheaper or whatever it is. And I mean, that it's, it's a scary part of the industry. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it is. And, and don't get me wrong. There's, there's a good side of it too. We kind of hammered it a little bit there, which was cool. You know, and we, but you know, on the other side, like, you know, like job, like mine, I was, you know, mine was a great job there, and there's a lot of jobs in certain areas that are really good. Um, but those are the ones that are hard, hard to find, you know, for how many PGA pros there are out there and how many jobs there are out there, you know, there's a lot more PGA pros, you know, than there are you know, really, really good jobs. So that's where it's going to be. That's where you got to really you know, stand out. Um, yeah. I think yeah. my, my, my concern is as an industry is there are some great jobs and some great facets to this job. My concern is us not attracting the youth and the college graduates to want to continue and come out of college and, and take that job. I think feel like it's, it's harder and harder to find good assistance these days uh, as they just come out and say, Oh, I, I don't want to work holidays in, in weekends and 65 hours a week. And for nothing, when I can go work for X corporation and make 65 right out of the, and get four weeks vacation and all these things that, you know, larger corporations are able to do versus a small club. I mean, you know, pretty much every golf professional in America is working for a small business, you know? Yeah. And so that's, yeah. that's where that some of the challenges are in our industry is, is how do we keep the the youth involved in getting into our profession in our industry? And, and that's where my concern lies so much. We got to make it more exciting. We got to, you know, we got to get insurance for them. We got to get, you know, uh, you know, 401ks, let's, you know, let's start thinking all that stuff. And I know that hopefully the PGA of America is working on all those, those are, big yeah. things that we talked about now. So down the road that those assistants, once they see that say, okay, well, shoot. I mean, how long have I been, a, I've been in the business since 1991. How, how long is that? 91, 201, uh, 211 years. to 21. Yeah. 31 years. 31 years. 31 years. So there you go. I mean, after 31 years, you figure you get, you know, some sort of retirement, but you know, at the club we did club level, but hopefully they can start building the stuff in the PGA. If you're a PGA yeah. member for that long, it would be good to see that. I think that's how you'll start attracting some more. Uh, yeah. Young and I, I like, I like where the PGA is headed with some of their initiatives that they're moving forward to. And then it's just kind of getting the clubs behind that and educating yeah. the clubs and the boards and the owners. And, um, well, and I don't, I think you bring up a great point, Mike, and I don't know the, exactly how you do it, but if you could make the assistant professional job more attractive, make it a little bit, more financially beneficial to some guys, or I, I don't, like I said, I don't know the exact way you do it, but if you can make that job a little bit more attractive and more competitive across what guys have the opportunity to go make elsewhere, I think overall you end up getting a better, uh, a better class of personnel. Yeah. And yeah, if you can show them, show them a more of a work-life balance, it'll, it'll help. Yeah. 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 That's so. the hard part. You know, you get, you get in the industry because you love the game so much and you get swept up by how much you love it. And yeah. then it just kind of consumes you because you love it so much. I mean, that's I, that seems to be the theme, you know, at least for all the years that I've been seeing all the people. Like, I'm sure, Mike, you're the same way. You got into the course of the game because you wanted to play and you love it. And all of a sudden, now you're at the foundry and you got this great job and you're pumping out assistance and, yep. you know, you're making this golf experience great for people to come play your place. And, you know, it becomes, becomes a, a fun thing to do, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and then, you know, you meet a lot of great people. You, you know, it's just it's a great job. It really, it really is. is. Yep. Uh, it's a great sport to be involved in. Yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh, and a shout out to Kinlock, by the way. 
that little uh, pro member they did on Monday. That was pretty awesome too. Yeah, the, Bobby good. Bobby Watkins and Vinny Giles, you know, put that on. This is the fourth year that they've done it, and um, yeah, they do a really good, really good job with it. And, and since you know uh, the last three years, we've had some of the Champions Tour uh, players come over and play. And I don't think they had that the first year. They didn't line up the schedules uh, correctly, but they they've done that the last three years, and it's made it, the event really really awesome. So cheers to cheers to Vinny and, and Bobby and um, for putting that together. That was a really well run event, and Andrew as well. I say, like, don't forget a good Clemson Tiger and Andrew yeah, Black. Come on, he did a great he did a great job. Yeah, he did a great job setting it up. <laughs> I, I did. I I got you in there, Andrew. You did a great yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did a great job. He is going to awesome. do great there. I love that kid, yeah. man. He is awesome. Uh, he's like a he's a he's just a he's a diamond. He's awesome. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew will do great. Him and I went to Clemson together. I think we've played more uh, games of beer pong than rounds of golf together over the years. But uh, I've known known Andrew for, for quite a long time. That's awesome. Well, good. He's, he's your neighbor now, so take good care of each other. That's right. Yep. It's good Good to have him nearby. So, all right. Anything else for, for Rob before we let him go? No, best best of luck, Rob. In, yep. in the next two weeks, we're, we're we're pulling hard. We've got a new, uh, or you've got a new fan in, in the Enon Pot Golf Podcast. So we're we're pulling hard for you. Absolutely. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, thanks, guys. McLean, appreciate it. Uh, really good being with you guys. Appreciate we, the talk and respect yeah. out at you. Uh, enjoyed the talk. Appreciate it, Rob. Can't thank Very you enough. Good, and yeah, uh, like Jay said, time. we're rooting for you. Thanks, Mike. Take care of chocolate chew over there. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Cheers. Yeah. Later. See you guys. Cheers. Take care.